Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. Have we been recording? Or are we no, we're recording now. Recording now. Awesome. All right, getting into the big time issues of the day. All right, get, get your uh, show voice on. Me, 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 show me, voice, me, me, yes. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, show voice. Gay anus. Yes. <laughs> getting into the riff. Riff zone. Oh, we're getting right to the riff zone, boys. So, why, is, uh, why do we make movies anymore, boys, uh, when 2011 brought us the best movie of all time, which is Drive? Well, I agree with you, um, but I will say yeah. that The Joker was also released, and I think that needs to be in consideration for the second movie ever made. Yeah. <sighs> I agree with that. Yeah, Matt, you've been on a, uh, what's his name, Nicholas? Winding uh, Griffin. Waldor Frey. Um, Wanding Griffin. Wandering Griffin. Yeah, Nicholas Wandering Griffin. Um, yeah, you've been watching his movies, and you've had thoughts and opinions yeah. about those. Yeah, because I, uh, I made the joke, and I think it was like I was fucking sloshed out of my mind, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this really bad joke, and I was like, why is Drive 2011 the greatest movie ever made? Because there's, I, th- I think I saw someone posted, they were like, come on, Goodwill, and it was uh, the Drive jacket was at Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Someone had like yeah. found the Drive jacket in Goodwill. But like the shitty, it's like the shitty, like, like it, it picture the movie quality version of it. It's literally like the shittiest version of that. Yeah. Like, I've seen it around too. I think I've actually literally ran into it at a Goodwill before. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it looks awful. But yeah, it's a bad you, jacket. Yeah, but if you want to be Ryan Gosling from Drive, then you have no other choice. Yeah, that that movie's like actually. I forgot how good that fucking movie was. Like it was actually really good. Like, and I, I kind of made this point. I said that the the dudes the dude bro movies and the dude rock movies are actually pretty fucking good movies. And I think the reason that it gets a lot of shit is because guys like those types of movies and, and especially like the type of men who are like quote movie fans who are fans of movies. They, they like dude bro movies and uh, people are, are like, Oh, those guys are literally the worst types of people. Yeah. There's that's like, there's um, that. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I see. Um, I feel like I've seen phases with Drive specifically as far as um, it'll go through like periods of it's like dialectics. Uh, it's probably not like dialectics, but it's like people will sort of you'll see like a reaction to that. Like, oh, it sucks. It's bad. And so it will like we'll revise, do some revisionism and say it's great and amazing in, re- in response to that. And then like the opposite force, it'll like the pendulum will swing back and then. The prevailing opinion will be, you know, some some uh, like uh, viral tweet will be like, you know, it sucks ass or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it swings back and we have to like counter that. So I feel like I see that happen quite a bit. I noticed that like um, and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I noticed like a lot of the movies that are shit upon uh, for two reasons. One, I feel like a lot of the dude, dude bro movies are about like autistic guys. <laughs> like drive is about like an autistic guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Joker is about an autistic guy. And then fucking like fight club is about an autistic guy. So it's all like these guys with like, they're mentally ill, you know? And, um, I feel like that's probably not a, uh, 
not a thing that's acceptable to show like a masculinity that that is like unhinged i guess like it's like oh well look at the toxic masculinity like he's you know killing people or whatever but it's like that is like it, it not like uh not like autistic but that is like mentally unhinged people you know that is how men typically uh who are unhinged will function you know um at the extreme levels right at the extreme dramatized levels but um you know this current uh climate with movies and stuff is about you know it needs to be like empowering and it needs to be you know um a different type of like masculinity but the 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 dude bro movies fucking actually rock because um I don't know. I think they, they explore like a subject that's interesting, like especially drive drives a very interesting, um, has a very interesting plot, very interesting subject matter. Like the action's good. The, the message is interesting. And it's like a very stylized, uh, movie, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, Matt, when you were mentioning how they're all autistic, I was like, um, yeah, it gets at the real issues in America that autistic people are, are inherently violent. Um, uh, anyway, that was the joke I was going to make. And then uh, I tried to back out of it there, you see, and it, uh, the delivery is terrible. So let me let me anyway. also say there's that scene in uh, Only God Forgives where um, it like, you know, I was talking about this with you guys. I had seen it and I liked it. Uh, Josh didn't like it. But there's that scene that was like I was like, OK, guy, like, come on, like we understand we're not fucking babies, like have a little faith in your audience. And it was uh, where. Um, have you seen that movie, Cole? No, but you can spoil it. Okay. Well, one of the things is like his mother is disappointed and she has this like weird, uh, Freudian type relationship with her son, right. With Ryan Gosling. And he like lets her berate him and he, um, just accepts it. Like he takes it on the chin and doesn't like really say anything. And she's just like, your brother had a, like literally in the movie, she's like, uh, talking to, he hires this prostitute to pretend to be his girlfriend. And she's like berating the dude, bro move. Yeah. The the best move. Yeah. She's berating the prostitute. And it's like, Oh yeah. What do you do for work? And she's like, Oh, I'm an entertainer. And she goes, yeah. How many cocks do you entertain? And you're cum dumpster. And, uh, so anyway, she's like very direct and she talks about how his brother is a better fighter than he is and has a bigger penis. Like literally she's like, he's got a bigger penis than you. And, uh, you're just like a disappointment and everything. And there's this weird, like, sexual relationship. And literally at the end of the movie, uh, spoiler alerts for it, uh, she dies. And because uh, it's about a a, a cop basically comes and, like, he allows her son to die. So she puts out a hit on him. And it's, like, all this, like, revenge type stuff. Yes. And the cop kills her. He, like, stabs her in the neck. And then Ryan Gosling finds her. And he, like, cuts her womb open and then sticks his hand in her womb and it's like okay nicholas like we understand like he wants to go back into the womb he's in love with his mother we get it like it's like we don't need that that's fun yeah i was like we don't need that fucking I mean, imagery like we understood man, that. i feel like i would need it because it's just at, at a who right over my head no idea yeah so but anyway uh yeah that that's my bullshit talk for the first like 10 minutes or whatever <laughs> josh why didn't you like it did you go, well, did you go into I, explicit detail? Defend your position. I watched it in 2014, back when like me and my friend 
were in college and trying to watch well after we had sex we would watch right uh all the ryan gosling films and so (laughs) we had gotten to only god forgives and we thought oh it's nicholas whining reffin like he did drive this is gonna be great um and it just it it ended up being like a, a long snooze fest and you know i could i didn't really get the imagery or bot like really understand what was going on at the time so that probably also affected it. But, you know, even now I'm like, I don't really see myself going back and enjoying it just because it, it is an incredibly slow burn. I bet, um, you, I bet you you'd like it if you... Uh, I bet you... If, like I, if I rewatched it? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Drive, drive is great. Like, it's it's fun. If you, I, like, if you like Drive... Like, I do feel like um, Drive and Pulp Fiction, you know, it's like our movie Circle Jerk. They kind of... You know, there's like the the joke about, you know, dude bros liking only Pulp Fiction and Drive and those are like the two movies they enjoy. But I mean, I don't see any reason to to gatekeep against that. Like those are actually like two fun movies and it's okay. Like not every movie has to be, you know, some deep revelation. Like it's okay to just enjoy what you enjoy and you don't always have to have a reason either. Like, I don't think you have to defend it. If you were like, yeah, my favorite movie is Pulp Fiction. Like, I mean, I don't think you have to defend that. Um, but it seems I, like that's a me, stereotype. No, you have, you have to defend it to me. I'll, I'll go after him. I'll make you piss your pants. <laughs> I'm like, like for like, uh, like instead of for veganism, I'm, I'm a militant, like movie <laughs> guy. Like, um, you're going to talk about Pulp Fiction. Uh, can you name the 50 movies that Tar- Tarantino references? You know, <laughs> just corner some terrified, like, 19-year-old freshman at a party I wasn't invited to. <laughs> just like, like, hey, uh, why is this, like, uh, like, uh, like, like, late 20s, like, guy drunkenly screaming at Matt in the corner <laughs> over there? Can we, can we kick him out? <laughs> I think, I think you can attest to this, Cole, though, like, like it's okay for people to like Pulp Fiction, especially if they're just getting into like quote film and movies and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah because yeah. it is like a gateway movie to a lot of other things. Like getting into Tarantino, like while that is a stereotype, I mean it's a stereotype for a reason. In the fact that so many people watch those movies and then they go off and then they find other things that they like. That's just like it feels like the gateway into that universe. Well, I yeah. ha- I have to say that like. This fucking this um, idea of uh, <clears throat> of cinema, right? Like you need C- to cinema. Yes. you need to be into cinema. Like recently, um, and, and there was a tweet, and I don't agree with the way that this tweet is phrased, but I agree with the spirit of it, I guess. And it was like they were talking about WandaVision, right? And they were saying like, oh, you know, like uh, this is better. Like it's. It's be- better to to like certain things that are good, and then instead of being pretentious or whatever. But I find that, and this is what I said to uh, my group, I've actually been watching Wandavision, and uh, I have to say that I've enjoyed it. Like the time, it's so fucking stupid, but I like it, and uh, it's actually like made me <laughs> like happier, I guess, because I'm like yeah, enjoying something yeah. dumb, and yeah. it's it is better. Like you can like good things right and you can like bad things and it's fine to like bad things and enjoy them and watch them um but like that's the thing with with uh drive and the reason i wanted to bring it up is because drive and 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 like tarantino and and uh movies like that get grouped into like oh Wow, baby's first movie, huh? You haven't seen like Eric de Flipper? 
from Jean-Luc yeah. Blanchon. It's like, yeah, I don't fucking care about like gay people smoking cigarettes, like and talking in a diner for five hours. Like, it's okay that you like that, and that's cinema or whatever. But mm-hmm. and and I do like those types of movies. So yeah, which is the funny part? Like, <laughs> yeah. you do actually enjoy yeah, those you, movies. You do like, to, yeah. I was about to say, you've been like, uh, <laughs> you've been updating us like every now and then. Just like watch this whole director's whole uh, <laughs> watch this obscure Italian like, direct. I just bought the Criterion so, Collection, yeah. like yeah. Oh, this obscure Italian director. Yeah. yeah um, by the way, Salo, absolutely fucking haunting. I, I, the, at first I was like, I don't get it. And then um, <laughs> I saw this great tweet, though. And it was, I think um, Toxic Paramite retweeted it. And it was so good. It's like, it's like uh, these people be like, this is my favorite film. And it's like the, the asterisk, which is like, uh, you know, the, not the asterisk. The, uh, yeah, it's an asterisk. Like asterisk, like, uh, you know, turns on Pulp Fiction or something, right? It's like, yeah, yeah check out my favorite film. And it's like asterisk. It says movie is just raping for 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, no, you mentioned that where it's like, yeah, 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 where it's like it's just hours of like the worst, shit, like the most arduous shit to put yourself through. Yeah. And that's, no, that's, that's a salad, dude. Like it, I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, they're, they're being, you know, obviously it's like fucking horrifying what's happening and stuff. And then the ending is just like literally, oh my, like I just, I finished that movie and I was like, oh my fucking God, like what the fuck? Like the last 10 minutes or so is just horrifying. But that's also why like, it's okay to like things that are quote dumb or stupid or not intelligent. Like, yeah. like Matt, I was just showing, like we were just watching a Love Island episode and like, that's a quite like, that's about the dumbest TV you can watch, but it, it it's entertaining. And I mean, what is entertainment? It's escapism, right? Like we don't need art to constantly remind us of our, like our condition and how terrible it is. Like, obviously there's a time and place for that, but you got to have a balance. Like you got to mix it up. Like it's okay yeah. to watch Love Island, but then also watch your sallow or your like obscure Italian art house. There's, there's a huge difference between there. So there's, there's two ends of the, the, the way the pendulum swings. Right. And, and I feel like a good centrist position is actually good in this, in this case. Um, there's the position that, um, Marvel movies and and of uh, like in stuff of that ilk are driving down culture and causing culture to be stupid and all this stuff, which is a fair criticism. But at the same time, it's like you know if you only watch like again like a, a movie where a person's being raped for two and a half hours, it's like okay, calm down, like you know. And then there's the other there's the exact opposite position, which is like no, actually, Marvel movies and mean something, you know, like they actually are like there are. Art. Modern, modern mythology. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, which is like a co- this constant, like fucking, um, like uh, uh, like push and pull. I feel like it just it keeps constantly coming around. This like like Tarant like uh not Tarantino but um uh, Scorsese will say something like well, I didn't care for Thor Ragnarok. It's kind of just <laughs> like cheap or whatever. I'm not really into it. It's not my thing. And people will be like. You know, like, like the shrilling of a thousand like guys who own every Funko Pop just fills <laughs> the void, and we have people like, like, not saying, "Oh, well, respect to the god Scorsese," but I like these movies. It's no, you're toxic. <laughs> like, we'll see. Accuse and then, them of being like whatever. Like, and you can have like you can have uh, 
the correct opinion, which is, of course, my opinion, which is Scorsese's completely right when he says that yes. Marvel movies aren't cinema, but like they're more like roller coasters. I mean, they are fun, you know, it's like, it's, a, and that's the thing, like, um, <laughs> having something, having everything have meaning 24 seven is just fucking exhausting. <laughs> Especially like if yeah. you work yeah. an actual job, like you kind of want to turn your brain off. So like, and, and I, I, um, I've realized that there's a healthy balance between like reading or, or um, watching things that have meaning and then at the same time, you know, and, and have like a deep like artistic impact or just like fucking WandaVision, which I look forward to every Friday. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a healthy balance there because you can admit that Marvel movies aren't like quote unquote cinema. But if you just think, OK, well, they're fun and I enjoy them, then it doesn't matter. And also you have to realize this, too. And I've said this to multiple people. Whatever you like is stupid, too. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, amongst all this like discourse or on WandaVision and all that shit, which like um, uh, uh, whatever, right? Uh, people uh, talking about it, Marvel being dumb, all that stuff. Like this weekend, like I watched, like I've pretty much like transitioned to like exclusively watching just like, I have this big like uh, like war chest of movies that I own but I haven't watched, so I'm going through those. And I watched um, uh, these two slashers, late 80s, early 90s slashers. So right like when the slasher genre is sort of on its way out and is changing a lot. Um, but they're like they're basically mo- like they're the type of movies that got made right after Halloween, but just made in like 1988 and 1990. So an interesting point in like that uh, history. But I watched two of them by this Spanish director who like spent most of his career making like more sophisticated like dramas and shit in Spain. And then like just randomly he comes to America and makes these two slasher movies like tries his hand at it and. They were uh, both really fun. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if, uh, if you want me to go into them, but that's what I watched. And these are movies that are not sophisticated with their plots or or dialogue or acting, but they're still, in my like in my opinion, really fun. And I like to watch them for that reason. Cole, can you can you uh, summarize them really quickly? But also take the mic away from your mouth. It's rustling your beard again. Yes, yes, Thanks. I will do that. Um, uh, fuck you for telling me to do anything uh, ever anyway um yeah so i watched uh like one the, the so the better of the two was uh edge of the axe which is like uh beautifully shot like it, it's so well produced like the cinematography all that stuff the photography or whatever the visual aspects look really good it has like a like a audio wise just like your standard synth score so all that checks out uh, and the acting wasn't too bad, um, but it's just like it's like this it's like this guy, the Spanish guy, heard that computers were or a thing now. <laughs> so there's like a computer like at like the center of all this. Like the protagonist has like like it starts with him buying this computer and having it shipped to him to this podunk North Carol California town, and it's like uh, this it just keeps being brought up, but it doesn't actually like. There's no reason for it to be there. It's just so he can be like, look, email, look, <laughs> it's a talking computer. It's technology. It's fun, right? Um, but the pl- the plot of it is just there was an axe murderer killing all these people. And, like, it's shot, like, pretty 
Because like most movies would be like the axe comes down, it cuts away, blood splashes, right? But they they set up this axe to like when it hits the actors, blood spurts out of it. So like it's really kind of visceral, like like because like you see them get like chopped with the axe, and it's really cool. Um, so that's a ba- the basic plot of that, and there's like a like a, a a kind of like a murder mystery aspect to it too. Um, and then the other one. Um, Deadly Manor was the worst of the two, um, and it was like, what's that? Oh, sorry, my roommate just pipped pipped up, and oh. we thought it was the Queen of England summoning her <laughs> minion. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Deadly Manor is like just uh, the main plot of that is that this rich lady had her face burnt off, and now she's evil, uh, <laughs> which is true if women uh, women do. Uh, in their vanity, uh, <laughs> will go crazy if that happens. But yeah, the 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 whole like well, just like men being like, if yeah. if men are autistic, then they'll then they're killers. Obviously, if yes. women get their face burned off, they're killers. Yeah, but uh, the idea is like um, this couple got like attacked by bikers, and like so because the lady's crazy, they like take revenge and kill all these young people who come by their house. Um, and like it's like good as far as like telling that story like not through dialogue until the end when the lady shows up and she just spits out exposition and you're like okay like she just shows up she goes you know why i'm doing this here's why i'm doing this right um which is always the best way to convey a story um but yeah so that one was like the act the acting was putrid none of these fucking kids could act their way out of a paper sack but still fun um uh and a very good sex scene like most 80s sex scenes pretty bad but this one was like i was like oh damn but, but you don't need sex scenes in the movie <laughs> uh, yeah oh, yeah yeah that's uh, it i inadvertently brought up another discourse fuck yeah um actually talking speaking of the discourse capital d um fucking jordan peterson's new book was released today i got a really copy yeah 12 more maps of meaning or something. 12 more rules for life. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Maps, so of, sequels, maps yeah. of meaning is his earlier work before 12 years yeah. of life. <laughs> there was someone that was like, I haven't read his philosophy books. And I was like, he's only published like two of them. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And they're all about how he's just afraid of the USSR and hangs art around his house constantly reminding him of, I, best- I want him to write a fiction book where it's like, him recount but sort of autobiographical fiction where he's recounting his time in a serbian prison or whatever the best uh the best video of jordan peterson ever is that one where he's talking about rats and i can't whoever had it they i i like literally um i I, before i could save videos on my phone when i was like a fucking back in the dark ages yeah um (laughs) There was this chick that posted him. He, she was like, okay, let's hear him out. And it was just like this super cut of Jordan Peterson and his lectures. And he's like, the rat goes like this. And he keeps like stopping and he keeps going like, and then he goes like, he's like, and then he scurries around sniffing for the cheese. And he goes like this and this, and the rat goes like this. And he just keeps like stopping. It's fantastic. It's like an entire, like a bunch of different lectures, just like super cut together. And at the very end, he's like, and then he sniffs through the cheese and then the rat stops and he goes like this. <laughs> it's fantastic. Cause like, it's, it's one of his like Pinocchio, like as a, you know, Peter Pan's like in Neverland. So he can't be a human or something. I don't I like lectures. 
So one of his like deep diving into children's literature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To like tell us all about yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All fucking Jungian Jungian analysis of fucking yeah. <laughs> Disney. The reason Frozen. the reason why Frozen. What they don't say is what what the wheels on the bus represent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they say they go round and round. What does that mean? What's cautious? What is, so sad. It's so it dangerous. Round round. It's, it's it's evil. It's malevolent tires. It's chaos. It's the chaos dragon that we need to control. <laughs> it's so funny because like I've I've been reading like a little bit of um Camille Paglia because like I've I've been, you know, trying to become Anna Cachian, right? I'm getting thinner, right? I'm throwing up more. Oh, congrats oh, on our baby, oh, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I've been reading, like, I read Lash, uh, his book, Culture of Narcissism, and I've been reading some of Camille Paglia, and it's so funny because she, okay, so Camille Paglia is, like, so fucking autistic. It's so funny. And uh, she is, what like, she, she is different from Peterson in that Peterson's like, well, gosh, you know, the cultural... The cultural Marxism failed and the revolution's gone and we should just embrace it. You should clean your room and blah, blah. And Camille Paglia is like, yes, you should clean your room. But like, it's because they failed the 60s revolution. Like, it's such a <laughs> weird, like, yeah. they agree on like a lot of things, but for different reasons. It's just kind of funny. Um, But yeah, she's she would be of the, the mindset that uh, that the chaos dragon is feminine, but that instead of like, Instead of that being a bad thing, which Peterson thinks, she actually would think that's a good thing. Yeah, dragons are cool. Well, she she but said that like I think she said this, and and I think Anna Katchian obviously is like kind of ape this at one point, which is uh, not a bad thing. But she said that like society was created by men to, um, so like she's talking about how like women have like this this chaotic energy, right, and that men created society for like a almost to like keep women's power in check <laughs> it's an interesting viewpoint we're like but peterson on the other hand would say that that is correct but like it's it's to keep the scary dark at bay and you should become a man and clean your room and you know um kill the feminine chaos dragon but uh whereas Polly would be like no it's actually so that men can kind of control women to a certain extent and like not kill the dragon, but like keep the dragon tamed or, or something. I think the worst, okay. like again, uh, this is a little kind of long winded, but I'll finish up here. I think the, the worst thing they can say about Peterson is that he's a fucking idiot that like cares. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I would agree with that. But his, his God is so stupid too. Like, People are always like, it's so, you know, it sucks that, like, what happened to Peterson? It's like, he's a fucking tenured professor in, like, Canada land. Like, he's fine. <laughs> like, you know, he got, he got, he quit because he was upset at Bill C, C-17, C-16, whatever it's called. Yeah. For the, the theoretical notion of, like, he might have to call someone ma'am when they have a penis yeah, like uh, he might have to like be lightly, like corrected on the pronouns he was he might he you and know it, would use or whatever. But yeah, and it, I don't think it I don't think that that's ever been enforced either. Which I mean, like yeah. no, it's like it, it's just yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's great the sort of forging this career out of that and Fake then outrage. having his yeah then having his daughter poison him um, or yeah and you know. 
uh, interned him at a Russian sanitarium for <laughs> who knows how long. After she fucked a Stalinist. Yeah. Who believes that there's a demon living inside of him? <laughs> it's awesome. Dude's rock, dude. Did she have a kid? I feel like she, she had a kid, but I could be wrong. She was pregnant, I think. Yeah. I think she popped that one out. There's another little Peterson running around. Well, I guess it's a Stalinist Peterson, but the bloodline continues then. Yeah, through the 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 female heir, which is appalling right. to yeah, Peterson. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just can't he can't fathom it. I've a yeah. I've never read any of his books. I, I do know that I've heard excerpts from Twelve Rules for Life and how it's like the most mundane. The thing about Peterson though is he fills a void that you have to realize. Like, is it actually a void? The reason that he's popular. And the reason his books sell and the reason people listen to him is because he does fill this like need. And, um, you know, we've like shit talked Pearson in the past, but like he does actually genuinely give a fuck about like young men and his, his, his prescriptions for the problems that young men face are stupid. Right. But they're not like completely off base. Right. I mean, he does have a, like cleaning her room does, help to a certain extent right like getting your life together quote unquote does help to a certain extent but at the same time like his his uh diagnosis of the greater societal problems are fucking absolute ass which is like it all boils down to the individual to clean his room so that he feels better it's like well the problem is like he probably doesn't want to clean his room because he has no hope of like prospects for dating or no hope for prospects of a job or like to get out of poverty. Like he's always going to be like a poor asshole or whatever, you know, and he's always going to have that like low self-esteem or, or something like that, you know? Um, but Peterson, but, but at the individual level, cleaning your room is a helpful, helpful piece of advice, right? Cause it would make you feel better in the, in the, uh, interim, but the problem is like at a greater societal level at a certain point you go, okay, well like that doesn't work. You know, if, if everyone in the world cleaned their room, it's, we'd still be facing the same problems that we have now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like his whole, like, uh, like he had the whole thing, like you can't do anything about anything until you've fixed yourself. And it's like, um, uh, well, if part of the reason, that you're like struggling or whatever is due to forces outside of your control. It doesn't fucking make sense, you know, but yeah. it doesn't work or, you know, to an extent. Right? But yeah. And he does, like I said, he does occupy that space that no one else is willing to occupy right now, which is like, uh, actually giving a fuck about like young dudes and, and like young dudes are going through shit right now. Like it's not, everyone's going through shit, but like young men are going through shit and they're, you know, being told that they're privileged and, completely privileged and they should be happy in society like what the fuck's wrong with them you know whereas like yes. peterson will is like the father right he'll sit down and he'll say well like listen son you gotta clean your room like yeah yeah you know and, and no one else is willing to occupy that no the only person like it's so weird that the self-help people are the only people who are willing to occupy that space right now which is like marianne was like the feminine version of that i feel like with yeah. she was just like yeah. her politics of love which was like yeah you should love everybody like it's it's an interesting concept and that like love did extend to most people it's, it's like the opposite of like the white fragility bullshit um and i'm already talking too much so I'm, i know i'm probably gonna get in trouble but <laughs> i was just gonna say it's like the opposite of like a white woman telling you that you should feel bad for being white and you can never atone for being a white person or whatever whereas like Peterson, did you 
Yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, did you see that that lady, uh, D'Angelo or whatever, um, like got paid more to speak than like her, like she spoke at a, at one of these, like whatever, uh, uh, sensitivity things. And like, there are people there, like people of color speakers that she got paid more than. Let's go. Speak. Incredible. Right? Let's, Let's go. go. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's fun. Anyway. Um, uh, what have we have we been so Matt? You've been diving into, um, uh, you know these different effeminate uh, directors, and also you've been reading that one guy, like Murakami. Yeah. What is his deal? Oh, dude, Murakami's fucking great. He's he's a uh, he's my favorite author. Um, I'm almost finished with all of his uh, his novels. I have two more left. Um, you just I, have his uh, novellas and fan fictions left. Well, no, I have two more novels <laughs> left, and then I have his. I have all of his short stories, his collection of short stories left to read, and then I have his nonfiction left to read. He's got quite a few. Short, he's got. He's he's a very prolific writer. He writes a lot. Um, but yeah, Murakami's. Uh, he's great. I just finished this book called After Dark. Uh, of his and then I'm, I'm next I'm reading his uh, his biggest book which is over a thousand pages it's Jesus Christ yeah it's Damn. it's yeah. his longest book by far and it's one Q eight four which is obviously like a, a play on 1984 it's like mm-hmm. it's set in dystopian Japan and stuff and then um, his newest book called Killing Commendatory uh, I have to I have yet to read that I have them on my bookshelf um, and I plan on reading them soon. I just kind of I, I realize like because Murakami is so good and I like him so much that uh yeah I have to hold off on while like if I read him like I read that book that book was like two hundred and forty four pages I read it in like two days while and that was like while I was working too so I like you know so you basically just get home and then like read until bed basically yeah um and that's how good it was so I I like him enough to where I have to like hold off. You know, it's like too much of a good thing. But Murakami, yeah, yeah. The biggest thing about Murakami is like, um, he's been accused of like writing similar books. He he writes similar books, which is not like a bad thing. But he's been accused of like writing the same book over and over again. Type. Listen, he he might be the Blink One Eighty Two of writers, but he's still good. But all I'm saying, yeah. you know, and this is, I think, I'm I'm stealing this from a podcast that I listened to about Murakami. It's on the history of literature, but like. Um, I'm stealing this from him, from one of those guys. They said, uh, well, you know, it's it's pretty crazy that like he write even if he writes one book over and over again, which he doesn't, but even if he does, like it's one more book than most people fucking write. And most like, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good book. You know, obviously he, he's a famous, uh, famous author, but his, his whole deal, like most of his books are, they're uh, melancholy. They're very, um, you know, bittersweet a lot of the time. They deal with uh, post-war, like themes of post-war Japan. They're all like in the magical realism genre. So it's like fantastical. Like uh, my favorite book of his is called Kafka on the Shore. And uh, it's about a guy who like goes into this uh, remote like mountain uh, town. There's like three different stories going on. There's like a kid that runs away. There's a dude during uh, World War II who's fighting in Mongolia. And then there's a... uh, uh, or maybe he's not in World War II. I think he's in the 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 Russian where the Russian Japanese War. Oh, the Russo Japanese War. Yeah, and he's like in Mongolia, and uh, 
there's like uh, different things like there's like dream um there's dream people i think in that in that book i'm not sure if it's that one or or um the wind up bird chronicles but like colonel sanders and johnny walker are like actually characters that's incredible <laughs> nice dude yeah and uh there's like um in the wind up bird chronicles there's like psychic twins and like ones can tell the future and one can like visit dreams and there's dream worlds and stuff but it's like I'm going to go to the store and buy a pack of cigarettes. Like, so yeah, nice, dude. yeah, they're all, they're all good. After dark was really good. It was a, it was a book that was set. Obviously all of it was set after dark and, and the chapters were, um, times. So like, you know, one chapter was like four 30 AM and the other, like, you know, one 30 AM, like all of it was after midnight. And hence okay. why uh, it's called just, after like, dark. Yeah. You, um, and he said that picture of his like sweet ass like study or whatever with yeah. like the wall of records like ah uh, ah uh, just perfect what yeah a perfect he office. he owned so there's a book there's a his only series in his entire like um his his entire writing is is uh this this book called this book's called the Rat Quadrilogy and it's mm-hmm. it's two shorter novels that you can buy together it's his first two novels actually and it's the rat one and two and then there's like the third big novel and it's the rat three and then there's another one called like dance 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 and it's the fourth in the rat Mm -hmm. quadrilogy and it's about one of the main characters is like a he's like a a translator and like he goes to this like club and and uh in fact and after uh, what was it not after dark it was uh oh what was it there was a oh fuck i can't remember it's the one i read before after dark but in one of the books that I recently read, um, the uh, oh, uh, south of the border, west of the sun, the guy owns a jazz club, and he's like, you know, oh, like I didn't know what to do. I liked records, and I owned a jazz club, and that's like partially based on like those those books I just mentioned, the Rat Quadrilogy and the uh, and South of the Border, West of the Sun, are partially based off of like Murakami because he owned a jazz club. Um, oh wow! Yeah, he he loves music. He he's really he really likes uh, American um, novels. He's really into like he likes Fitzgerald and stuff. He's his uh his dad was a professor of, like Japanese novels, and so he kind of rebelled against his dad and was like, "I'm going to read American novels, man." Yeah, <laughs> he was part of like the student protest movement in the '60s um, in Japan. Um, he likes. Uh, and this is all just like Murakami himself. And a lot of this comes through in his books. Um, he loves cats. He loves whiskey. He loves a certain kind of whiskey called Cuddy Sark. He smoked like he used to smoke like 60 cigarettes a day. Um, the perfect amount. Yeah. And uh, he's really into old jazz. That's that's his that's his deal. He loves music right, and is right. really into old jazz and cooking. He loves to cook as well. Um, so his, his study is fucking incredible. Yeah. It's like a couch. It's like a nice like thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's just like that wall of records. It's just, and you know, he sits in there and he puts on a record and just, and I'll tell you what's interesting. People have told, said that, see, you got me started now. I love Murakami. <laughs> <laughs> um, people have said that he's writing, he's the best selling author in Japan. Right. Um, but people say his writing is very Western, is what they call it, right? It's very American. And mm-hmm. the reason why that is, and, and his first book, he was having trouble writing it. And he sat down, and this is his writing process. 
he writes it out in English and translates it into Japanese. So he's he's Japanese speaker by, um, you know, obviously he's a natural Japanese speaker and he speaks mainly Japanese, um, but he can speak English, um, you know, passingly and he, he writes better English than he speaks it. So what he'll do is he'll write his uh, book in the beginning in like English and then he'll translate it into Japanese. And then obviously someone else will translate it back into English, like funnily enough. But that's why his books, he says that he has a very simple, um, but like more Western style of writing is because he actually does write in English. Yeah. That's, um, you've got me interested in him. So like I, I constantly tell myself that I'm going to start reading more. Um, if you want a recommendation, I can give you, I can give you a recommendation based off of like what, what sounds interesting to you. Okay, I I am interested in the book or the one you talked about with the uh, the uh, war or whatever, the Wind Up Bird Chronicle. Yeah, I might check that out. But okay, um, the Wind Up Bird Chronicles. No, that one's that one's his most famous one, but that one doesn't have the the three characters is uh, Kafka on the shore. But I don't recommend okay. starting that one with that one. Kafka on the shore is to me his best book. So I okay. I never recommend if you want to read. So I, if you want to read less fantastical, and this for all the listeners too. Uh, less fantastical, very bittersweet. I do have to forewarn you; it it features like suicide heavily. It's his first book that was an international bestseller and what put him on the map, which is Norwegian Wood. Um, yes. it's very suicide heavy. Uh, just forewarn; it's not very fantastical, right? Um, and then if you like uh Norwegian Wood, then uh. And even if you don't, I can give you like um, I, I think usually uh, a pretty good more fantastical ones like the it's it's a more recent one. It's called the uh, colorless oh, what is it colorless Sukudu, I think it's called. Um, there's that, and then I always recommend will always recommend because uh, these are easy reads. The uh, the two books and they're actually collective. It's uh, called. Uh, uh, Wind and uh, pin wind slash pinball, and it's the first two books in the Rat trilogy. It's the first two books that he wrote, and they're like hundred some pages each. So, okay, all right, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, look that up or link me some stuff. Um, I think the uh, like I have like this big backlog of like um, like the thing with like reading fiction and the like. Um, I just have this backlog of like historical books. I'm trying to like get through, trying to expand, like knowledge on certain things so mm-hmm. it's like i feel like if i read like fiction that i'm cheating on like reading history or whatever but um i did finish up this uh book uh, about it's uh called the german catastrophe mm-hmm. it's like this uh guy this uh i can't think of his name on the top of my head but this german sort of intellectual who like in the immediate post-war period uh like 50s i want to say 50s 60s wrote like his explanation for like why Hitler and all that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting cause like he basically just embodies, um, uh, like all the wrong, like perceptions that existed after the war. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see it in print him work through it and talk about it. Um, because like it's stuff like I had encountered like in my classes and like when we like, you know, took a class on like, you know, uh, like his, like historical writing after the Holocaust and the like. So 
you know, interesting to see all that in print and um, and just read like a guy try and like explain Hitler in a way that spared like er like most of the people involved. You know what I mean? Do you have an example of like some of the things he would say? So um, he uh, so a very prevailing idea was that Hitler was um, that he basically represented some a force completely outside of like German society. Mm-hmm. They would often point to him being Austrian as like proof of this. Oh yeah, that's so they'd say oh, he was a so they said a foreign he was a for- invader. Yeah, he was a foreigner, <laughs> and like like literally the way this guy described it was that. Nazi Germany was like interior foreign rule. So they were being ruled by foreigners, oh. but but on the inside. You know? Well, Hegel, Hegel's from Austria, so you can't fucking... And isn't, <laughs> isn't Marx... Is Marx Austrian or is he... No, Marx is... is well, Marx was, was born in like... Uh, before. Well, yeah, he was born before Germany was a, a unified state. So born in one of those German states. Yeah. Um, well, same but, with... But yes. Yes. So... Um, but like he says stuff like that, he brain like he uh um so he'll like his you know main argument is that Hitler and his buddies were um and he uses very sort of religious language too, like this was part of it, like um that Hitler was demonic and that his friends represented this evil force that was so outside of German imagination, like, you know, it, it couldn't have come from German society, right? So that they just imposed themselves on Germany and ruled them like, you know, like a criminal gang. And, uh, and he literally, um, which is like that it's cope. That's what that sort of thing is. A lot of writing after the war was cope was just trying to cope with the fact of it. And he literally gave up the, 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 uh, the game because he, he said, well, it's a scary thought that this, these criminals took power, but it's also a comforting one because we know that that means that most Germans were like, you know, it wasn't their fault, you know, that mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it wasn't any inherent issues in German society. It was just outside force that came in. So what's, what's uh, weird is I've heard people today do the whole demonic thing. Maybe not say that's the only reason that Hitler did what he did, but like, you know, I've like I've heard people say like, oh, he was into the occult shit. Like he was using like dark magic yeah. and all that. It's like. Uh, that truly is just fantasy to cope with the fact yeah. that these were real people. Hitler, you hear him. It's weird to hear like historical figures talk for the few that we do have, you know, records of and hearing Hitler speak. It's like he just sounds like your average person. You know, it's like we imagine him as some giant, scary monster that crawled out from the depths of the earth and took power. But in reality, he was just, you know, like. Like there's the potential for anyone to do what he did in a way. Um, yeah, and he wasn't some crazy yeah. guy. Well, I mean, uh, 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 yeah, he was uh, <laughs> actually right. Uh, no, um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say when you were talking about oh, this guy's trying to justify like Hitler or whatever, I'd just be like, uh, Your Honor, I've only got one exhibit, and that's Exhibit A, Mister Fucking Scheinberg over there. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Fucking the drool like Goldstein. I'm sorry, the fucking bankers like Hitler just came in and said, "Hey, you know what? Like they're foreclosing on too many fucking houses over here. Let's get rid of the fucking bankers. Oh, let's get rid of Hollywood. Sounds bad, am I right?" (laughs) 
Yeah. Now, yeah, that, that's a uh, all great points we brought up. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the, Hitler. The, the, it the, also uh, doesn't help that like Hitler became in the aftermath. Like he became the stereotypical villain, where it was like like Hitler was turned into like a super villain, like a, a like a, a, a right. You know, the Nazis are like the like the the one sort of like uh, villain like archetype standard kind of that gets used. Like, are they as bad as the Nazis? Are they? Are they? You know, yeah. we're. He's the ship, but we're not Nazis, you know. Yeah, and also, um, you know, um, and, and I think this is kind of funny. I, I've I've found like there was this podcast I was listening to, and they're talking about like comic book Nazis, right? And they said it's really funny because like the way that like writers use Nazis is that, um, and, and I think I can't remember who said it, but someone said that you could never write a book, you could never write a book or make a movie about the Holocaust, right? Because the thing is, like, think about Schindler's List, right? Which is a movie about the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. He said yes. you can't make a movie about the Holocaust because Schindler's List is about, like, you know, the Jewish people, like as many people on the screen who died, and then it's about like a guy saving, you like, know. Schindler, it's about Schindler. Yeah, but like, the thing is, the Holocaust was like a you know a, a massacre on such a massive scale that you could yes. never film that. Right. Regardless of what you film, the movie, even if it's about the Holocaust, isn't about the Holocaust. It's not about the six million people, you know, like it's not it's about like the the one sort of uh, snapshot you're taking of like if you film, say, like a movie like Come and See, which is more about like the executions like taking place in the uh, in the field. Mm-hmm. Right. Which like half the people killed were killed via just execution like mm-hmm. in, in the field and the other, you know, roughly half were killed via the extermination camp. So if you do a movie about one or the other, you are capturing that part, but not the whole thing. Right. And, and, um, I think that, uh, so, so, so what comic books do, right. Is like the, obviously Nazis are a good stereotype for villains. So like, um, the thing about it is though, is like, the villainous Nazi isn't a person who is a like, like the scary thing about Nazis and Hitler are that they're regular people. Like that's the, the scariest thing is that they're regular people. They're not like maniac madmen who are like building doomsday weapons to blow up the world because we need to, you know, like they're not making robots that are going to destroy all of humanity because we need to No, It's like, they're, they're people who are like, yeah, we fucking hate, you know, we're Aryans and we think that Aryans are superior. So we need to exterminate this like inferior race or whatever. Right. Like that's the fucking horrors that they're, they're normal people except for that part. And it's like, you know, that's the scary thing is that they're not, they're not like boogeymen. They don't crawl up from the depths of hell. It's like they're human. Yeah. They're, yeah. They, they, um, they were made by, the same conditions that like other people like you like they're they're products of uh their environment so arguing that like hitler is like this force that comes from the outside is not true he was molded by the conditions he existed in and the ideas he he ended up having were not like foreign ideas they were ideas that had been proposed in Germany before. Well, I mean, he just took them and... Look and, at the and, historical... Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Marx's dad was... Uh, he had to give up being Jewish. I read a, 
I've, I've read a volume one of a biography of Marx. The story, like like it, like it shows his house with like a menorah in the trash. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just I'm, I'm done. Cold turkey. Yeah, and uh, he he had to give up being Jewish because you couldn't be you couldn't have, hold public office of any type and have like you couldn't really hold any jobs like as a, a Jewish person in you know um, in Ger- what, what we now know as Germany. So. Like you know, there's been there's been anti-Semitism for fucking ever, um, you know. So what I also find right yeah. is like you have all this post-war, you know, uh, further anti-Nazi propaganda and just the archetype of villainous evil, but like Hollywood and you know whatever outlets were creating that content, you know, just managed to skim over the fact that like. The U.S. was still segregated. The slavery had been going on for 400 years. Like, like the evils that were and atrocities that had been committed in this country weren't even really discussed outside of, you know, the actual people being oppressed, which were African-Americans. You know, those yeah. were, they were the only ones talking about that, the irony in that. And then Josh, or, or, or uh, can I just say like real quick, um, that's you bring it up and it reminds me of this. uh this so like in my class on this you know historical on this historiography we like looked at this um this like school in like mississippi uh, or somewhere in the south like that <laughs> mississippi and, sounds right let's just go ahead and say that. yeah say mississippi and they were like um uh just some you know groundswell in the school they're like we want to like convey like like bigotry and other stuff to the kids how do we like teach them about this right so the school in the South, right, can you guess what they choose as, like, their big project to, like, teach the kids about? Was it the about, USSR? Like, Was it, like, bigotry? communism? No, the Holocaust. So ah, of course, yeah. They, are pl- they were like, we're going to collect, like, six million um, paper clips or, or whatever, right? Um, so they, they did this project, they get publicity, right? Like all these kids collect 6 million. Is it the one where they fill up like the cars with the paper clips, the train cars? Yes. I've, they, um, I've seen a video on this. They, they actually get a a true blue train car that transported people (laughs) to like Auschwitz. Oh, oh, they got the certificate of authenticity. Do we see this in school? Cause I feel like I swear I saw this in school. Mr. Goldstein fucking sold him the train car. Like, (laughs) oh, we sold it for spare parts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Uh, So many fucking actual like water. Like fucking water from Star Wars or whatever. Like, oh, look at this. We need to sell the train car. (laughs) Your Jedi mind tricks don't work on the Jewish mind. I mean, Watto. (laughs) (laughs) On the alien alien mind. Yeah. Um, The big nose alien. Yeah, and they put this fucking train car and they like renovated it so that it's like a permanent fixture for the school, and it's like this little museum they have for the Holocaust. So, but what we talked about was that this school in Mississippi. Also, they took the wrong fucking uh, lesson from it because they had like a big speech and the teacher was like, "I am so glad I live in the United States now." Hearing all these stories, it's like, yes, that's the exact problem with this. Is that you just you take something that is foreign that happens somewhere else, and then people get to feel good because it didn't happen here, and so you don't learn. You just learn 
like uh, like uh, this, like about it in a in a way that's like other from you, that's separate from you and mm-hmm. your country you're in right now. So I'm you sorry. Get to be like, I have to pause like, the serious yeah. discussion. I can't stop thinking. My brain is just like thinking about George Lucas <laughs> the, turning to his black wife and being like, uh, "Honey, uh, you should have seen all the Wattos. Uh, my friend uh, Steven Spielberg actually directed this movie, this three hour movie called <laughs> Schindler's List about a like a planet of wall. Wattos. <laughs> it's just like she's like they made the alien real and he's like yes honey that's what happened yes. <laughs> she's like mm-hmm, honey <laughs> oh my god it's so funny what if his wife spoke like jar jar Binks? that's why he <laughs> yeah it's just so funny that he's george lucas is so racist but he's got a black wife She's like, George, Misa want to be in the movie. Like, mm, how do we put her in this movie? God, God we, damn it, we, we got to get her in this movie. I, I never realized that, like, how many Asian stereotypes are in Star Wars until oh Town pointed it out to me. <laughs> yes. Like, like the, that like fucking Korean guy. Yeah. No, the I'm Korean like, guy where he's like, <laughs> Yeah. <that's what> I'm <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> just like all this shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he really is like Korean. <laughs> like, like Lucas. Like they're like, okay, so I'm playing. I'm playing Newt Gunray, Viceroy of the Confederacy. Right? I am the Confederacy. Um, yeah, he's like, what's what are my points? What are my takes? He goes, and he just showed them like like uh, Mickey Rourke and not Mickey Rourke, Mickey Rooney. Well, who's the guy? The in, in Breakfast at Tiffany's. He Fuck said, do I this. I think it's Mickey oh, Rooney. God, I think it's Mickey yeah, Rooney. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for coming. To- <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? Like, he's like, yeah, that's your cue. That's what you should sound like. More, more. I need more Asian. They are getting through. Yeah. The Blastos was who? There's someone pointed it out, but like the new in the new Star Wars movie, they I think it was Come Town. They said like uh, the girl that's like with the big eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's Rook Skywalker's right saber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And this is, we are not exaggerating. Like, that's no. the best part. This is real. Um, oh, uh, that reminds me, maybe the last thing we can talk about. Did you see that movie that Sia made? Like, Sia, um, Sia made a movie? The Chandelier yes, Chick? You, yeah, you didn't see this? No. It's called Music. You haven't seen it? No. No. You know, it's a you good fucking seen... movie. Nothing. Tom no, Ford, no, no. the fashion designer, made this movie ah. called Nocturnal Animals. That's a good fucking movie. Good fucking movie. I did see that, yes. But anyway, look, Cole, look, see ya. Google, like, look up music, Josh. Pull up an image from music. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Cole, I guarantee you that I won't. Look, it's She has that girl from her uh, 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 mo- like movie, uh, movie uh, music videos in it, and she's autistic. Cole, and I don't watch Sia's autistic music videos. Look, but but it's funny. Oh, it's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. It's, is it funny because she's autistic? Is that what you're saying? Because because Sia's whole thing was all right. You're this. You're in this movie. You're autistic. Be as retarded as you possibly can. Make the face more retarded. No, no, you're not retarded enough. Literally, if you look at the at the shots from the movie, Sia thinks if you're autistic that you are a a development. <laughs> this rules. Thinks, Let's not go. Sc- oh! Dude, <laughs> dude's rock, dude. Let's go. <laughs> and like, and like, literally, I'm not trying to be crass. It's I think Sia 
in these scenes said, be more retarded. Your face doesn't look retarded enough. She's saying this to this child. Look into the camera. Cross your eyes more. Uh, uh, drool. Like, fart. Do something. You're not retarded enough. There's, a picture, <laughs> cool. there's, a, there's a picture of Simple Jack next to the girl. Yes. <laughs> and she made it. She was like, I wanted to be respectful. It's like if you made... like I, So it's she had directed a movie? Like... She made. She directed it. She directed. I gotta. Movie. I gotta watch some clips. I gotta like. Gotta watch this trailer now. There's a. There's a movie that came out with um, L. Fanning. I think it was, and it was a movie called. It's a Star Trek movie about this chick who really likes Star Trek, and she's writing a spec script, and she's like autistic, and I really liked it. But um, right, you you could do it. It's just if if you, you can't have, go like, full retard, you can't go <laughs> Sean Penn. I am Sam. Yeah, I am Sam Simple Jack. Yeah, it's, it's in the same vein. It is pitch perfect for that like type of. Have you seen that movie? Pitch Perfect. What's that? No. I am Sam. No, uh, the Sia movie. I've just seen like the clip. I've seen clips, like, <laughs> shots from it, and uh, as far as I can tell, the overall movie is like just boring as shit. Yeah. Just the only ex- the only exciting parts are the part where she takes <laughs> the girl, and it's just like so that girl yeah, actually is autistic. No, she's not. Oh no. God, the act, the actress, not in any way. No one involved. Cole, I just imagine you running up to your girlfriend and be like, uh, "I'm not gonna say her name, but K K. Um, there's a retarded girl in this movie. We should watch it." Why would you I imagine thought, that? I, I thought know. you said. I thought you said that she was autistic and she's making this. Yeah, that's what that's autistic. what you conveyed to us. No, was that no, that is what she, you said. She's actually autistic. That's what well, you said, well, right? She's, Am I I retarded? No, you're not. Cole just made it sound like she was autistic in real life. My bad. The actress is not at all. Okay. So so she's trying to play being autistic. Right. Which makes it 10 times worse. Right. It makes it like, yes, extremely exaggerated. Yeah. So that's what I guess. Yeah, that's it's funny. It is funny. Oh, really quick. Last thing before we go. Uh, Nira Tandon's no longer uh, nominated. She's out, bitch. Yep, she's gone. Bye-bye. Bad, nasty woman. All right. Yeah. I guess that's it. Twitter's real life. Bye. Yeah. Fuck you guys. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)